morning and welcome. Happy New Year's. It is a new year. This is the first Sunday of the new church year, uh, first Sunday of Advent. And uh, so it is a new year for us as we continue and continue to go forward. This morning we're going to look at our Old Testament lesson from Isaiah chapter 64. So if you have your Bibles with you, one of the pew, you might want to mark it so you can follow along. And uh, we're going to be looking at it as uh, um, Isaiah is struggling, and yet he, find, he tells us about a watchman that is watching over Israel, watching over us today. So we'll talk about that as we go through. Today also we, we will be lighting our Advent wreath today. And uh, you'll notice we have our decorations up for, for Christmas. Thank you to all those who worked on that. So we're going we're gonna to begin with singing the opening hymn, um, Savior of the Nations, hymn number 332, and for the last verse, verse 8, we'll all write.
the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our soul waits for the Lord. For our heart is glad in him. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us. We light our first candle on our Advent wreath as we rejoice in the blessing that has that that have come to us through the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ. God told Abraham that through one of his descendants, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The promised descendant of Abraham, Jesus Christ, is a blessing for people of all nations who trust in him for salvation. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. We sing the first verse of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Confident in his steadfast love, let us confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our faithful God hears our prayers and answers them, taking away our guilt and giving us his righteousness. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, our Savior and King, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son 
and of the Holy Spirit. We sing, blessed be your name.
responsibly our intro. Behold, your king is coming to you. To you, O Lord. O my God, in, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. Behold, your king is coming to you. The Lord be with you. Let us pray responsibly. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come to us. Protect us by your hand that we may be rescued from the threatening perils of our sins. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Good morning. The Old Testament reading this morning is from Isaiah chapter 64. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. That the mountains might quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, and that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things that we did not look for, you came down. The mountains quaked at your presence. From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides you, who acts for those who wait for him. You meet him who joyfully works righteousness. Those who remember you and your ways, behold, you are angry, and when we sinned, in our sins we have been a long time, and shall we be saved? We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one who calls upon your name, who rouses himself to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us, and have made us melt in the hands of our iniquities. But now, O oh Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. 
Be not so terribly angry, O Lord, and remember not iniquity forever. Behold, please look, we are your people. This is the word of the Lord. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming to you. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The epistle reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. That in every way you are enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge. Even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise. We read Psalm 24, verse 7. Alleluia! Lift up your heads, O gates. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 11th chapter. When they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it, and will send it back here immediately. And they went away and found a colt tied at a door outside in the street, and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? And they told him what Jesus had said, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that had cut from the field. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. As our children come up, we confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe.
guys. Now today, like every day, it's a special day. This is a season of Advent. Do you know what Advent is? Or what, why we celebrate a season called Advent? So I'm going to tell you that, and then I'm going to show you some things that we use, okay? So, so Advent is a season of preparation. And, and we prepare for two things. We prepare for, for Jesus to come as that little baby that we celebrate Christmas morning. But we also are celebrating or or if you will, looking forward to Jesus coming back today. You say, come Lord Jesus, meaning that the man, our God, our King, Jesus comes back and he takes us all up to heaven. So we have two things that we remember. The birth of Jesus, right? That's Christmas, right? We all say Merry Christmas and we have our trees up in here and maybe you have a tree at your house already. Uh, and then we also celebrate God coming back. So... What we have, what we're going to do is behind me is our church's Advent wreath. And we will light a different candle every Sunday. But I have my own Advent wreath. And I'm going to share it with you guys every Sunday. But I'm also going to give you one each to take home. So you can do this at home too. Okay? So we put the first candle on, on our Advent wreath, just like we did here. And on my Advent wreath, that is the... That is the a candle of hope. And let me read this to you. So Isaiah, which is in our Old Testament today, prophesied that the Messiah, Jesus, would be born to a virgin. Do you know who that is? What her name was? Mary. And, and would, he, he would be called the Emmanuel, which we, which we just sang a little while ago, which means God with us. Right? And so on our calendars, and I'm going to give you one, take home, is you'll put your first candle on there, and then next Sunday, you'll put your next candle on there. But that's not all. We also have different days. So I have different ornaments. And every day from December 1st, which was Friday, is we put um, a new, uh, one of our ornaments on our wreath. And the first one is from Isaiah, which was our Old Testament lesson, but... Chapter 7, verse 14, a really short verse. Let me read that to you real quick. It says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Who would that be? Who do you think Emmanuel is? Think they know? Can you guys help us? Jesus. Right? That's who he's talking about. So the second, um, that was, so today is December 3rd. And we're going to put on another one, if I can find it on the calendar. Somewhere there is a day three. There it is. And this one tells us to look at Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. And they say, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name, what's the name of Jesus' mother? Anybody know? 
And that's when the angel came and told Mary that she was going to give birth to the king. So every day between now and Christmas, you guys can have your own advent wreath. But so that one is going to be this big thing here you can take home with you. But we also have a little one that we're going to do here every day, every Sunday also. But I'll open it up every day. So the first day we have a star. Second day, we have a road. The third day, which is today, we have a poinsettia flower. And it says, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow into his roots. And that's from Isaiah chapter 11. I'm going to give you guys two of these, but here's the deal. Ready? You have a chore. You have a job. Can I give you a job? Okay. I'm going to give you two. Right? So one is for you, you both to use, and one is for you to use in your house. Right? And open it in every day. But one you have to give away to somebody. Tell them this is the story about Jesus. Okay? Can you do that? Yeah. I will give you one for your sister, but you must give one away outside of your house to a neighbor, a classmate, a friend, an enemy. Maybe the enemy would be the best. They might not know Jesus, huh? Okay, so pray with me. Dear Lord, when you are ready, he sent your son, Jesus, born of the Virgin Mary. Please help us prepare the way for him to be born again in our hearts this Christmas. Amen. Let's sing our hymn of the day.
Grace, peace, and mercy from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, our text is from Isaiah chapter 64, verses 1 to 9, our Old Testament lesson for this first Sunday of Advent. And sometimes the world seems upside down, like our bulletins this morning. And most certainly, though, for the prophet Isaiah, who offers us today a prayer, prayer of a watchman. You all know what a watchman is? So in the olden days, back days of Isaiah, the watchman would stand up on the walls, high on the walls of that circled around the city to protect it, watching for danger, or watching for those who were coming for refuge, or those who belonged to be there. And, and I've always kind of wondered, not sure why, but I always have, is what would watchmen look like? especially back in the days of Isaiah. Would they be wearing long, flowing gowns? They most certainly would not have blue jeans on, because they weren't even around back then. Would they, wear, would they wear protective things to protect them from the enemy, if an enemy showed up? But I don't know. But I do know that they would station themselves up upon the towers above a city, a city that was worth saving. And we can imagine, I think, a watchman on the walls of Jerusalem warning the people of any danger that was coming. Because they could see far off to the horizon and they would let the city know. The city of Jerusalem is beautiful. It's an opposing place, has an opposing palace and expansive temple and all the splendor and the wisdom and the power that the queen of Sheba herself came to see. That Jerusalem would be a city worth saving. This Jerusalem, though, is different. Isaiah says it is desolate. That's what he calls her. He foresees Jerusalem after the fall of the southern kingdom. She has been gutted of her inhabitants by war, some have fled to Egypt. Others have been taken as exiles to Babylon. And those who remain are few, and they are poor, desolate, no longer sought after. That's what Isaiah calls her. So why would a watchman stand on the walls of the city? What was there to even protect? For that matter, who would even care? Listen closely to the prayer that Isaiah prayed in our Old Testament lesson today. You will understand. The watchman is not talking to the people. He is talking to God. The watchman isn't waiting for the enemies. He is waiting for God. Isaiah has stationed a watchman to stand there in the midst of destruction, but to remember God's promises 
because those promises change lives. This morning, listen to this watchman's prayer. Hear how God invites you and me to be his people who acknowledge our sin and hope for salvation from him. Through the ancient prayer, God forms us to be people who pray. We pray faithfully and we pray fervently. In times of trouble, it's easy to fall into the language of blame. We've all probably been there. Who caused all this trouble anyway that I am experiencing or we are experiencing? You see, it's politics, right? As everyone cries that feeds into the talk shows with hosts throwing around blame. You can even see it in the church. When trouble arises, people look for someone to blame. Isaiah knows that after Jerusalem had been destroyed and Israel was taken into exile, God's people will be tempted by the language of blame. He lets us overhear the prayer of those who, who, who would blame their enemies for their destruction. The watchman cries out for God to come to cause the nation to tremble in his presence. Verse 2 of chapter 64. And after all, these are the ones who have destroyed the Lord's own sanctuary and afflicted his people. This goes back to chapter 63, verse 18. How can God remain silent? Isaiah also lets us overhear those who would blame God for the problem. God has hidden his face from them, verse 7. He has made them do, to wander from his ways and harden their hearts so that they don't fear him. That's in verse 17 of the same of chapter 63. And in the end, however, the watchman utters a prayer of faith. It is not the enemy's fault. It is not God's fault. It is our fault. For we have sinned, and the watchman cries out, how shall we be saved? In the context of that heartfelt repentance, the watchman remembers the promises of God. Verse 8 says, but now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. In a world where Christianity is under attack, discipleship is difficult. Those who confirm their faith as youth walk away from the church as adults. Those who do stay wonder why it can be, can't be the church or be easier for us. And as our struggles can lead into blame, blaming the culture for falling away from God, the church becomes a refuge for people sick with the culture and angry with the world. As the world looks in, they overhear our conversations, and we don't sound like a people confessing our sin. Rather, we sound like a people condemning the sins of others a people quick to blame others and slow to confess our own sins. Suddenly, to the world, the church looks like a place of hypocrites, people who think they are better than others, fueling hatred for the world. How good it is that Isaiah has stationed a watchman on the walls of fallen Jerusalem to teach God's people to pray. His word calls you and me to repent of our sins and to come before God as people filled not with hatred, but with humility. Verse 6 says, We have become like one who is unclean, 
and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. How good is it that Isaiah has stationed a watchman to cry out to God because even today his words remind us of our hope. God is our Father. He created us. And when we fell into sin, he promised not to abandon his creator, his creatures, you and me, and the world. In sending his son to die for our sins, yours and mine and the world's, and to claim us as his own. God became our father. We are the clay and he is the potter, and even now he sends his spirit to bring us forgiveness and to fashion us as a new people in him, a people who pray faithfully and fervently. Today, Advent begins again. The fact that Advent begins again is troubling. Christ has not yet come. The lack of Christ's return causes some to scoff about the validity of Christianity. You find some of that in 2 Peter chapter 3. Are we a people who cling to superstitions and old gods? Perhaps we should just give up on a religion that has caused so much war and bloodshed in the world. It's hard for God's people to remain fervent in prayer. It's hard now, and it was hard then. What is a watchman to do? Some would say the watchman should start issuing commands to the people, start telling the people to pray more fervently. But Isaiah knows better. Faith is not a matter of our own working, rousing ourselves up to believe in God. Faith is the work of God. It comes by the power of the Holy Spirit as God makes promises to his people, promises to you and me. And so the watchman that Isaiah stations on the wall does something really simple and yet really profound. In the midst of the desolate landscape and the fallen city, he remembers the very promises of God. He calls the deliverance from Egypt the awesome things that God did. No ear has heard and no eye has seen a God like this. He is the one who acts for those who wait for him. Verse 4. Listen to the promises of God. God's word inspires prayer by bringing you his promises. When you hear what God has done, you begin to long for what God will do. When you look around at a world in need, you look around or beyond that world of God to God who acts for those who wait for him. And you pray that he would stir up his power and come. You turn to God in prayer, prayer that is faithful, confessing your sin, and prayer that is fervent, looking forward to the fullness of his salvation. Today, God calls his people, you and me, to be watchmen, those who continue to pray for his presence in this world. We pray faithfully, confessing our sins before God and trusting in Christ for, for our forgiveness. Amen again, as always. And you and I, 
pray fervently, longing for the return of Christ, and with his return, the dawn of a new creation. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, forgive us for turning from you or blaming you or blaming others. Thank you for providing the watchmen to watch over us. Thank you for moving us to become watchmen, watching over your children, no matter what age that child would be. Over 100 in the womb. Lord, help us to always remember that. In Jesus' name, amen. Sing Hosanna as we receive our offering.
as we wait in hope for the coming of our Lord. Let us together, as his Advent people, bring our prayers before him. <coughs> Gracious Father, we give you thanks and praise for your goodness and mercy. Don't follow us all the days of our lives. You are our God. We are your people. You have purchased and won us from sin and death by the sacrifice of your son upon the cross and by his rising from the grave. As he now sits at your right hand, exalted over all things, we wait expectantly for the day of his revealing. We wait in hope for the Lord. Mighty King and loving Savior, we thank you for the authority you have over all things in heaven and on earth, for a world in disarray and for people filled with despair. You alone offer hope, peace, and certainty that all things are in your hands. Help us to trust you, Lord Jesus, even as we wait for the redemption you will provide on the day you come again to judge the living and the dead. Bless the land in which we live and all those who serve for the benefit of us all. Be present in our homes, our schools, in our workplaces, that your provision be known to all. We wait in hope for the Lord. Healer of the broken and sustainer of the weary, grant the comfort of your Holy Spirit to all who are suffering in heart, body, mind, and spirit. Remind those who are downtrodden that they are never alone and use us as your people to reach out in care and compassion to those in our family, our community, and within this congregation who need your healing mercies. Especially this morning, we lift up uh, Scott Zittle, who will be having knee surgery this week, and Donna, who will also be having knee surgery this week. We lift, lift up Pam, Sandy, and Bob's sister-in-law, who is losing her eyesight. And we also lift up Gaylene Piper, who has been diagnosed with vascular dementia and Alzheimer's dementia. We pray for Gaylene's health and strength and for John as he cares for Gaylene. We wait in hope for the Lord. Lord Jesus, we are your waiting, expectant, hope-filled people. We anticipate the day of your revealing when you, your saving work will be fully complete and when you renew and restore all things in heaven and on earth. Until that glorious day, help us to rely upon your grace alone, which declares us guiltless in your sight through faith in your promises. Stir up our hearts to make known to all the wonders you have done so that more souls may be brought to saving faith and many would join with us in, the, in saying, we wait in the hope of the Lord. Confident in our coming King and Savior, we entrust our prayers into your merciful hands. For you, O Father, live and reign with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, whose arrival we expectantly wait. With the crowds who cry, Hosanna, we humble ourselves before him, as the king who comes to save us from sin and redeem our lives for eternity. 
Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, for the mercy you show us in Jesus Christ, your Son and our King, as we remember his death and resurrection and await his final coming. Prepare our hearts to receive the redemption he provides through his body that is given and his blood that is shed for the forgiveness of sins. For our heart is glad in him. Hear us as we pray in his holy name and in the timeless words he has taught us. Our Father. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after having given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The same way after supper, he took the cup. And after having given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, drink. This is the cup of the New Testament of my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of our faith. Peace to the Lord be with you always.
He's right. Let us pray. Gracious God of Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come and the Holy Supper of your Son's body and blood. Together? Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Be seen, come thou long expected Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. Do we have announcements? And Jesus said, let the children come to me. The Christmas Early Learning Center program and church dinner is this coming Saturday, December 9th, in the gym at 5 o'clock. I've told you this, haven't I? Huh? <laughs> Bring your potluck food straight to the gym that evening. Um, we will all celebrate Jesus is the reason for the season. Take a look at the sign-up board in the narthex and read the, par- the party details in the messenger. I cut it short, didn't I? So we're Christmas caroling next Sunday at um, after Sunday school. That is... Sunday, December 10th. So, for all the congregation to Christmas, Carol. Last announcement, 
The congregational choir is singing Christmas Eve evening service. We're singing Hark the Herald and O Come All Ye Faithful. Practices will be on the Wednesdays, December 13th and 20th at 6 p.m. during the Advent soup supper. So have a little soup, have a little sing, have a little God. Yeah? (laughs) Thanks, Laura. Sort of has something to do with Christmas, but not really. Um, We're going to be doing a project in January, and I need boxes. And they somewhere around the size of a shoebox, but a heavy cardboard boxes. Okay? So I figured, well, Black Friday was last week, and it's for the rest of the month, I guess. (laughs) And uh, with Christmas presents coming and ordering from Amazon and all these things, if you have a box that's about the size of a shoebox, it doesn't have to have a lid on it, but if it does, that'd be great. Because we're going to be building something, so I need building boxes. Okay? So save them and just bring them to the church. Um, probably, I haven't really checked with anybody yet, but if you just take them to the office, then I'll talk to Jason about where we can store them. Okay? Thank you. Good morning. Uh, I just want to invite all of you to our Wednesday services. There will be three this year, and they're starting this Wednesday. Um, And we generally have host groups. And this week, and this will be posted in the kitchen if you want to check, and those also will be in the messenger. But this week, uh, care, outreach, and facilities committees will be the host uh, groups that will uh, make sure the tables are set and so forth. And if your last name begins with A through M, bring a salad or dessert. If your last name begins with an N through Z, it's your turn to bring soup, and we flip-flop each week. So plan on. There's only three this year. Hope all of you can make it. Enjoy the company. Thank you. Thank you, Mara. Okay, I have a couple of announcements for you. The first one has to do with script. And hopefully everybody knows what script is. So it's uh, our little gift cards or cards that you can buy, and it supports the school. Um, many of the vendors that we deal with, we get either 3 to 7% back on those cards. So uh, Donna's going to be in the back today, and she's going to be selling script cards. So I would encourage you, if you give away any cards for Christmas gifts, stocking stuffers, You've got the opportunity to buy them from Donna here over this uh, next few weeks before Christmas. Um, also, it won't only be that she's like here after church today selling script, but normally she's in the office on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. So you can feel free to stop by. She's got the, the cards available uh, in the office there. And what she's done is she's put together a couple different sheets. So she's got a sheet that has the cards that we keep in stock pretty much all the time and try to keep up that inventory. She's also got a sheet of some miscellaneous cards that we don't sell many of and we want to kind of clean up that inventory and kind of get our money back into the bank. And then she's got the master sheet that has 
everything that's available to us. So if there's a particular card you're looking for, she can special order it and we can get those. We won't keep those in inventory. We'll just get what your needs are um, for Christmas or whatever the case may be. Obviously, you heard Pastor's announcement that she's going to be having surgery, need surgery on Wednesday. So the exception to what I just told you, her availability, she's going to be out about a week, maybe 10 days. So today's an opportunity. She's going to be in the office tomorrow and Tuesday before surgery if you're looking for cards. Otherwise, it's going to be about 10 days out before she'll be available. But also between Jason, Pastor, and myself, if we're here, and you're looking for cards, we can get in and we can, uh, you know, get you whatever cards you need and we can probably manage to not mess it up before she gets back. So, okay. Uh, the other announcement I've got for you is two weeks from today, we have a voters meeting, December the 17th, and it'll be right after service. We won't have Bible study that day, and we're actually going to hold it right here uh, in the sanctuary. So, um Pastor's locking the doors right at the end of service so that we can get everybody to stay. And uh, really, we, we need everybody here. I think it's important. It's an important process that we go through every year as we get ready for uh, 2024. Uh, we'll have a lot of information um, to share. Hopefully, we can answer a lot of questions that you'll have. So as you leave today and you go out through the doors, just to your left, there's a small table. I think it's a missions table right now, but it'll be out near where Donna's going to be. But anyway, there's the the proposed budgets and the numbers. So please pick those up. I'd encourage you one per family, please. I'm trying to keep our printing costs under control, too. But uh, pick that up. You have a couple weeks to review it, think about it, pray about it, look at the numbers, um, and... Uh, you know, we've got a few challenges ahead, but I'm sure we can figure it out as a whole congregation. Your boards and your governing board have, have spent time trying to look at the numbers and seeing how we can manage them the best we can. And uh, so that's what we've, we've presented out to you. And then you'll have a chance to, you know, look at those and, and come back to us on the 17th when we meet. So God bless your Sunday and uh, also have a great week. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Thank you all for being here for our first Advent service for this week, this year. I'll get it right. Did you notice anything different than last year? I preached differently. There was a different sermon, but that doesn't. Purple. Yeah, we haven't had purple for seven years. Maybe a little bit longer. Uh, it's been blue it was before I got here, but it was blue. So we, the Alta Guild and I decided uh, one of the options, the, the original color, Advent is purple, and that represents because the, the King is coming, the King representing Jesus Christ. And so we decided we just talked about it. And we decided, hey, let's go back to purple for this year. Just bring it back and bring the royalty in. You see, the King of Kings—that's who Jesus is. And uh, so I want to. So that's if you had not noticed, now you know <laughs> that we made a change. Um, and I also want to thank all those who were here this past week, decorating, um, getting everything up. And, and I think they set a record. I mean, the team came in, they pulled everything out, they got everything up, they brushed it off, they had a problem, they fixed it, and then they were gone. And they didn't even say goodbye. 
and walking in here. There it is. Everything's done. So thank you. We really thank you very, very much. Um, Bible study. So if, if we just finished the Revelation Bible study last week, and just prior to starting it, because we, we were a pilot for our printing company, Concordia Publishing, we had to stop what we were doing, which was the end times. Kind of ironically, the end times and the book of Revelation go smack together. So we have two lessons left. So I encourage all of you, um, if you're in the book of Revelation one, it's come and join us uh, today and then next Thursday, and we'll uh, probably flesh some more things out. And for those of you who were in the end time class who did not come to the Revelation, come and join us so we can wrap that up for you. And the rest of you, come anyway. And you can learn some stuff like, what is the end times? What is the millennium? That's next week. That we talk about the thousand years and what that really means. Yeah. Said Thursday? I didn't say today? Really? Did I really say next Thursday? Oh. <laughs> Thanks, Jane. Um, no, not next Thursday. Today, next Sunday. Yeah, because I don't think we're meeting on the next two Wednesdays because we have Advent services. So come for that. Did I sleep last night? No, no, no. So, um, and this is a great, great season to share Christ with people. If people are searching, and Advent's all about sharing and sharing Christ. You have a friend who's hurting, a family member who's struggling. Pray for them. Maybe invite them to come if they're local. If they're not, invite them to a church where they live. Or watch us online. Wednesday's services will be online also. This is a great time to share the message of Jesus. Because we say so lovingly, come Lord Jesus, come. Because we want him to come now. And that is great news for you and me. But the majority of the people in the world, that's bad news. Because when Jesus comes back, there is no second chance. Only the believers, you and me, get to go to heaven. Everybody else is going to go to a place we don't know. So it's urgent. I guess I'm pleading. Share Jesus with those you love at least. Take the risk this Christmas as you sit down at your Christmas table of sharing Jesus, even if you're uncomfortable with it. Because the time really, really is short. Let's go in peace. Get happy. Put smiles back on your face. You know? Oh, I'm sorry. Here, okay, I'll give you a reason to think. If, for those of you who got the messenger, you already know this. For those of you who didn't get the messenger, so on December 22nd, from 4 to 8, we invite you all to come by our house. We're just having an open house. Come. Um, do some lemonade. <laughs> yeah. Bring your, bring your loose and lemonade with you. <laughs> so, um, and uh, uh, if, if you're not on the messenger, let me know, and I'll, I'll either email you a copy or a little invite that we sent out with the messenger. Um, and so if you're able to come, just swing by. You can come by for five minutes. You can come by for four hours. Let's go in peace. Amen. <laughs>